Hello, everyone. This is Off the Mound with Ryan Dempster podcast presented by Sloan. I'm your host, Ryan Dempster, and today we have Chris Bryant on the show. You know Chris Bryant? Third baseman, Chicago Cubs, former MVP. He won a rookie of the year, too. Oh, yeah, by the way, he made the last out in the World Series when he threw the ball across the diamond to Anthony Rizzo and proceeded to have about 5 million people in Chicago for a parade for the ages. Um, He's done it all in a uniform for the Chicago Cubs. Uh, He set the bar extremely high, and he's lived up to that bar. Um, He's one of the premier power hitters in the game. He's an all-star. He's a stud. But more importantly, he is one great human being. He is a great kid, somebody that I've gotten a chance to know over the years, and uh, I couldn't be more proud of him. Uh, especially now because he's joining the fraternity. That's right. Chris Bryant is a father. Recently, the birth of his baby boy, him and Jess welcomed their beautiful little boy into the world. And I know he's going to do a great job um, as a father. He's got a a great father before him. Um, So he's learned a lot from what his dad has taught him, and he'll pass those things down to his own son. We talk about that. We talk about so many more things, home runs, magical home runs, memorable home runs, first home run he ever hit, the World Series, all kinds of stuff. So let's not waste any more time with my rambling. Let's get it going right now as Chris Bryant goes off the mound. How's life at the Bryant household these days? It is uh, awesome. It's as good as it can be. Um, You know, just trying to make the most of a, terrible situation but you know been able to catch up on some family time dude i I listed off like all of those trophies you have and all those kind of things but you got a gift um just a few months ago um that trumps all of those wrapped up together um you're a dad uh, you had a baby boy talk to me man like uh, being a dad for the first time i got four so if you need any advice, I'm always here any time of the night. It's a diaper change at 3 a.m., a quick text. What's being a dad like, man? Are you having fun? You know what? It's, um, gosh, it's been, it's been seamless. Like, uh, my wife, watching her be a mom, it's like, wow, she was born to do this. She's unbelievable at it. Like, I kind of, I mean, I want to be more involved, but it's like, well, she's just such a great mom. Like, God, she doesn't need any help. She's a, she's a rock star. <laughs> And uh, the baby, uh, he he's as perfect as can be. That's awesome. Yeah, it's uh, it's special. And as they get older, each stage gets uh, more and more fun until they get to their fourteen, Chris, and then they just have all the answers to everything. <laughs> and, uh, and that's what I hear. A little bit challenging. That's what I hear. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> hey, we were the same way, though. You know, what I mean, you were the same way with yeah. your dad. I was the same way with my dad. We always had the answers at that age. That's at least that's what my dad tells me. Oh. So. Of course, you know everything when you're 14. <laughs> I'm sure Jess is doing great as a as a mom. I know she would be. I knew she would be, and I know she's doing a great job. And uh, I look forward to to meeting the little guy and uh, um, teaching him how to hit a baseball. Since uh, his dad wasn't any, but um, you know, enough of all that. Um, quarantine life, you know, things came to a grinding halt a little while ago. What have you What have you done aside from you know, uh, being a dad that's been keeping you busy and, and going through all this time. Yeah. I mean, well, obviously it was just so weird. Cause you know, when they told us we were getting shut down, nobody really knew how long it would go. So it was like, we got home and it was like, 
you jump right back into baseball stuff because you didn't know when you're going to come back. So there really wasn't no like relaxation, like period of just like, you know, let's get this under control. It was just baseball, baseball, baseball. And that's kind of what I've been doing since, um, you know, the golf courses have kind of been a little bit open. So that's been fun to get out there. I've started playing video games again. I haven't played video games in college. Uh, so that's been great. But you know, I feel like with like the workouts and stuff, it's been great for me because I've been able to do things that, you know, you don't really get to do in the winter. Um, I bought a bike. I've been going on bike rides, uh, nice. jumping in the pool, doing road bike or doing pool bike? workouts, a road bike, road bike. It's, it's yeah. been really fun. Like I've really, I've really enjoyed it because you know how it is. Like the off season workouts kind of get monotonous and it's just like, okay, we're doing the same thing every single day. So it's nice to switch something up and, you know, I've kind of taken this time to do that. And uh, I've really appreciated that. That's awesome. Yeah, it's, it is, you know, challenging yourself in these moments. I said pitchers are in trouble when they eventually start this season back up because all these hitters have been in cages just raking. Um, and now <laughs> pitchers got to catch up. As soon as you guys get that timing, it's, it's going to be a, it's going to be a short season uh, and an even shorter one for the pitchers. I could see you guys crushing some people. Yeah, I guess my favorite thing is that we don't have to play in the the cold weather in Wrigley with the wind blowing right in your face. It's we're gonna show up and it's gonna be twenty miles an hour blowing out right when we start. So uh, we've got that to look forward to. But you know, I mean, I've been I've been in my cage you know since I got home and I cranked the machine up pretty fast and I'm it's like I feel like days I'm just getting dominated. I'm like I'm in game mode right now because I'm just grinding so hard. Like I'll chuck my bat in the cage. I'll get so mad. I'm, I'm like already mid-season form when it comes to that. But uh, you know, hopefully, I'm ahead of every single pitcher out there. Um, if they get this thing figured out and you get back to playing, what's what are you looking forward to the most? Um, you know, if if baseball gets back and going up. Yeah, I mean, I I just just seeing people appreciate baseball and getting back to a sense of normalcy of, you know, you're turning on the TV and there's a baseball game on, you know, it might, might look a little differently, but if we can kind of provide, you know, some happiness for people, you know, that would be great, you know, but I mean, a lot of, you know, baseball has kind of been tarnished a little bit with recently. And, you know, that's a big regret. I think that both sides should, you know, look at is that, you know, we're, we're negotiating things through the media and it should never be that way. And, um, you know, that's kind of been upsetting, you know, to see and, you know, but just getting back on the field and playing for the fans at home, watching the games, like that's kind of what I'm most excited for. I thought you were going to say Rossi's first ejection. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I can't wait for that because you're going to hear every single word <laughs> and he better make it good because there's going <laughs> to... There's going to be mics everywhere. They're going to have to put a 15-second delay on all those games. <laughs> you know he's going to try and throw his hat off, too, and show that good-looking face at his there and just let him have it. Yeah, absolutely. And the, the quarter inch of hair that he's been able to grow during the quarantine he'll probably show all that off, too. <laughs> he, uh, he's been your teammate, you know, um, and and then now he's going to be your manager, and you know, looking back before you don't have any experiences with him as a manager yet, other than spring training. And that was kind of shorter lived than anybody wanted it to be. But as a teammate, you know, when you look back to moments, you know, are there any moments in your mind of you and Rossi that 
kind of stick out, uh, uh, you know, aside from, you know, him being carried off on his shoulders after game seven, um, you know, something that maybe we don't know about that's kind of a little bit of fun. Yeah. I mean, just in general, just the fact that, you know, he'd play once every five days, twice every five days in those two games, it was like the end of the world. Like he was just locked in from the second he got to the field. But the other three days, you know, he was still locked in, but he was just a a lot more fun to be around. (laughs) We'll put it that way. Um, You know, but I guess my favorite story that I have with Rossi was in 2015. uh, Was it 2015? That spring training. Yeah, the spring training, I hit all those home runs. Um, It was probably three quarters of the way through. And uh, we're in the training room. And he's loud talking me, you know, just doing what he does to the younger guys. And he's like, hey, Chris, how many home runs you got in um, meaning how many you got in spring training? I was like, I think I got like nine or so or something. I think I got nine. And he's like, he just the biggest, loudest laugh, like right in my face. He's like, no, you don't. You got zero because I hadn't hit any in the actual, you know, show yet. So like, it kind of put me down there. Uh, fast forward four years. Uh, he's sitting on 106, you know, career home runs when he retired. I passed him and I made sure to send him a text to let him know, hey, I got 107 yeah, homers now and you have 106. So get lost, bud. So that's one of my that's absolute right. favorite, like just full circle. Like I waited four years for that moment and uh, it, it felt so good. I bet, right? As you hit it too, as it's coming off the bat, it's like that one's for you, Rossi. Oh, for sure. I was like just wait, just waiting for that moment. And uh, he, I think he knew he, I was waiting for that moment too, because um, he knew I'd pass him. But uh, it's just so fun. It's just so fun to see, like, just joke with him, but at the same time, he can be so serious with you. Like that's, I think that's what makes just a really good leader, not just a manager. Like he's really good at you know, you know, making you feel great and then putting you in your place when you need it. Yeah. No, I couldn't agree with you more. I saw it firsthand as a as a player in, uh, in Boston. And then I watched it in Chicago too. And, and he is, he's a, he's a true leader, um, you know, on the field. And there's not a doubt in my mind, he's going to do a great job, uh, managing in the big Absolutely. leagues. Um, you, you talking about home runs, you've hit, you know, so many, uh, incredible home runs at Wrigley playoffs, big moments. Is there one that sticks out to you that like, uh, that was my favorite, that was my favorite Homer in the big leagues. Oh man, that's, that's a, tough question um but i think as a hitter you kind of remember every single home run you hit um (laughs) you know maybe not you know like maybe not the exact count or like the pitch or whatever but you kind of like you go up against the guy you face you're like oh i've got this guy before um but i think my absolute favorite like the one that it looked the greatest coming off the bat um was game six of the world series um first inning kind of getting the you know rally started a little bit just a hanging curveball that just caught my bat going up um up through the zone and gosh that one probably felt the greatest off the bat because it was so loud you kind of felt the energy there from you know the indians fans and then you know it almost was like you couldn't even hear it was loud but it's almost like you couldn't even hear it because all the vibration and the people screaming all around me so it was was just the weirdest feeling but like the absolute, uh, you know, best feeling. Yeah, I remember sitting there and you hit that, and I'm like, you're right. It was, it's like a hum. The crowd, there's so many people cheering, and it, 
it becomes almost like a white noise machine that's in your room to go to sleep to. And, um, and yeah, then you hit that cool. homer and it was like, Oh boy, he just, he just silenced the crowd right there. That was, that was a pretty, uh, pretty special moment. If I had to pick one, I'd pick that one too, because that ultimately, like you said, got the rally going, got the boys to game seven of a world series. And, um, we all remember what a magical night that was that, that night in Cleveland. When you look back at the playoffs and, you know, the World Series run and, and that whole year, um, you know, when you reflect on it, what are the, some of the things? Because when you're in it, and I remember being in that run, it's hard to really reflect. You don't. You're too busy playing. The days go by like that. The hours just pass so fast. Um, when you look back, what were some of, some of your favorite memories of, of that team and of that year? <laughs> oh man i was actually thinking about this the other day because you know the champagne showers they're great and all but i was, I just remember like standing on one of the couches in the brand new clubhouse and just we're just destroying this place i'm like man the ricketts spent so much money on this this clubhouse and it's destroyed that's like the thought that went through my head i'm like oh for good reason but it's like I, I specifically remember thinking that, but, you know, it's kind of hard to, like, look back and just remember things from that time because I was so stressed out. I mean, everybody was so stressed out to have that, that weight on your shoulders of, you know, a curse that's lasted for so long and having the talent that we did on that team, it would be, like, a complete failure if we didn't, you know, win the whole thing. Um, so it was just a stressful time. I definitely, you know, I was looking in the mirror, uh the other day i haven't gotten a haircut in a long time and i'm like dang i got like two gray hairs right here and like one in my beard i'm like maybe maybe from that time who knows but uh welcome to fatherhood man (laughs) or maybe from that but i haven't had to stress too much about that (laughs) um that last ground ball gets hit montgomery's out on the mound he's pitching curveball gets chopped in the dirt goes right to you at third base um you slip a little bit you know, it was a wet night and you make that throw. Mm-hmm. And as you're letting go of that ball and, you know, we're lucky we got Anthony over there at six foot five, although he'll say six, eight, um, you know, but he's <laughs> over there and you, you make that throw and you see the ball go in his glove. Um, what did you think about in that moment right there when you, when you threw that ball? Man, I'm just, well, of course you don't want to be the guy that throws the ball away. <laughs> you be the guy that lets the ball go through his <laughs> legs. Those, those are all very real feelings. Like, you know, I think on TV, like even I like will watch other guys play and I'm like, wow, he looks so calm and like cool out there. But it's like, I know exactly what they're feeling. Like they feel, you know, the stress and like, you don't want to be the guy to mess it up for your team. So that's definitely what was going through my mind. I, I could tell you, uh, there's a lot of people on the field that did not want the ball hit to hit to them. And that's totally fine. You're, you're human in the moment, but I'm glad that, that we were able to, you know, <laughs> make the play um but it was just an, uh, like the relief that we all had after that oh my gosh like we i slept like a baby that night um it was so great um just you know a culmination of like what 108 years of just waiting for that moment like that's you know the greatest world series of all time absolutely you can't change my mind about it and i know i'm a little biased but it really is no it is you won't ever see a celebration like that um, in professional sports again, uh, you know, it was truly incredible and the big parade afterwards and, uh, every cub fan, uh, including myself, obviously, uh, was very, very thankful that the ball was hit to you, that you fielded it and threw it to Anthony. So, <laughs> so thank you for that, Chris. 
<laughs> like, shoot. I mean, I've, I've heard that quite a bit and it never gets old. It really doesn't. That's it makes Chicago so great. And the fans so great is that, you know, we can all look back on that moment and share it and just feel so happy about it. And, um, you know, anytime, you know, a fan or just a random person in Vegas, that's a Cubs, Cubs fan that comes up to me and it's just crying about like it it's like we'll be able to experience that for the rest of our lives and then i don't think it'll ever get old we're having a ton of fun with uh the legend chris bryant he's already a legend in chicago folks um normally it takes people like a whole career to do that but in his first five years he's already done that in the big leagues but we were talking home runs before the break and kb started looking through some stuff we we're talking about memorable home runs. You found a ball. You just showed it to me. I want to, I want you to show everybody this. Yeah. This has to be the most memorable home run you've ever hit. Okay. Well, I got a couple here. Okay. Here. This is the oh, first, nice. Go with it. first home run in a game. Eight years old, okay. eight months, 12 days. That's my dad for you. September 16th, 2000. <laughs> this, is, this is my favorite part is that I signed my name. I just printed it out with the big old space in between. Like, what Dude, am I you doing? you got great handwriting for an eight-year-old. Yeah, right? Look at me. Tell your kids. Show them. That's how you write. <laughs> but there's our first home run. What does it say? Redbirds practice. I played for a team called the Redbirds. Obviously, you couldn't be you couldn't be called the Cardinals because I think it was like I mean you have to get permission from them. Some sort of copyright. <laughs> That's law. so funny, right? August twelfth, two thousand. Look, four. Wait, let me see. Four feet eight inches tall, seventy four pounds. Here you go with the Chris oh Pratt, with the big space in between. What am I doing? Dude, that's amazing, I just, though, man, that your dad did that and put that together. That's so cool. Oh, I know. I know. It's all, I Look, I upgraded the cursive on that one. That was the <laughs> well, real. Well, you know, that's not, when you're nine one, years old, they start working on your cursive, Chris. That's right. This is the OG signature. Oh, my God. So funny. It's so crazy. You can go back to that like when you... anybody's ever trying to hawk your autograph or sell it. You just be like, nah, I'm pretty sure that's not my autograph. Look right here. This is what it, this is the original. <laughs> this is the OG. Oh, my gosh. But I was just saying, it's so funny how much stuff that you just, like, accumulate over, like, playing baseball for 25 years. It's like I can go through yeah. my closet here. I'm like what where did i get this from and it's like it turns out to be something that was super like meaningful to me so it's like it's just amazing what baseball has like given me do you collect from other guys do you collect autographs from anybody jerseys bats balls yeah, yeah. i do that that wall behind me is yep. half full with autographs and you can see oh, wow. they're like wooden you see you see how like a couple of them are like missing it's so funny like because they're like wooden pegs that like glued on there and like they'll just fall like down because the wood the, it like dries out here in the summer obviously because it's hot so they'll just like fall down and we'll hear like a bang upstairs and we're like what the heck was that you know it's just one of the it's like aaron judge's autograph fell on the floor <laughs> but yeah <laughs> it's, I, like a, I, it's like a plank game those yeah it really is and then i collect a, a bunch of bats too and this the guys write like a message or something on it. it's pretty like these are the types of things like super cool that you you know something's cool to have yeah no yeah. i i went through like a box of jerseys that i kind of stored away and i forgot a half the guys i'd even asked to get their jersey and um you know it's it's pretty cool when you do go down there and 
um, you know, how many guys misspelt my name, you know, to Brian, um, you know, that's just showed the impact I had in, in the league. Um, yeah, there you go. Yeah. You're not on the wall, but maybe I can get you on there one day. <laughs> uh, you're, you're a fun guy. You, you love, uh, you love game night, you love playing games with your buddies, your wife. Um, what, uh, you know, if there's a go-to game that Chris Bryant's playing, where do you feel like I got a chance of winning every single time I play when I play a board game? Honestly, I do pretty good at most of them. <laughs> I, do, I don't know. <laughs> so like, modest. I just, yeah, you know, I'm like, I'm the only one in this family who doesn't have a college degree, but I somehow like outsmart them in everything. <laughs> I'm a college dropout, Demp. <laughs> do you ever think you'll go oh back and get gosh. your college degree? Would you ever want to do that? Oh yeah, I uh, I keep joking with Jess about it. Uh, I plan on going back to school with you know our kids so that I can watch oh, them. Oh, like Rodney and be, Dangerfield back to school. Yeah, yeah, I'll be in their same class. I'll sit in the back. I'll make sure they're asking the questions and they're participating and they're sitting in the whole learning tee, you know, up in the middle. Up in the front or down the middle, you're learning the most there. I'm just, you know, I won't bug them too much, but. Uh, that'd be fun. I'd love, I would, you know what? I would love to go to school right now. If Brady, if like go back to high school and Brady's going to high school and then my dad could go to high school or be like the guidance counselor, you know? Because <laughs> if he was the principal, I'd that see you so often. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Um, speaking of so dads, it, your dad, um, you know, has played a huge part in your life. Um, you know, aside from personally, but professionally, like the amount of mentoring he's given you and teaching, uh, teaching you in baseball. Um, it's, it's really special. I, you know, I get a chance to talk to him all the time. He, you know, obviously cares, you know, so much about you and the world, you know, revolves around you. And that's such a great thing because, um, you know, I was lucky to have my parents around. Um, you know, talk a little bit about how, how that feels to be able to, to A, be so close to your dad and then to be able to have him on the journey as you've gone along here in the baseball life. Yeah, I think, I think that's been like one of the best things about, you know, my career and succeeding in baseball is just to see like how happy he's been through all this. Um, you know, he, he feels it when I go over four. You know, he knows how to comfort me. He knows what to say to me to get me back on track. Um, and it's just, it's just so awesome because, you know, now that I have a kid of my own, like, I kind of know exactly how I want to, you know, Tim, or, you know, not just about baseball, but just about life in general and how to approach it. Because, you know, seeing how my dad approached it with me and how he never really forced anything on me, he never made me go out there and practice, um, you know, it's all because I wanted to do it. And, you know, I think that's the, a lot of the problems I see now in club baseball or basketball or whatever it may be is that, you know, a lot of the parents are out there forcing it on their kids and making them, you know, do things that maybe they don't want to do just because, you know, you're going to get a college scholarship out of it, or you're going to get drafted, you're going to become a millionaire, or whatever, a billionaire, or whatever. It's, it's, it shouldn't be about any of that. It just should be because you want to do it. And, you know, that's one of the biggest things that, you know, I took from him and the things that I, I appreciated most is that he never forced it on me. And I, I just felt like I didn't burn out because of it. And he, he learned from a pretty good, um, 
mentor himself, I would say. You know, he was a good little hitter himself yeah. coming up along the way. Um, and we get a chance to sit down and talk baseball with Ted Williams. Not a lot of people get that. What's one thing that Ted told your dad that your dad passed on to you that you still implement today as you go out there and play? Yeah, well, uh, I mean, a lot of the stuff that he, you know, talked to him about, which he probably should ask him a little more about baseball in general, but it was a lot of like mechanical things. Um, and at the time, I feel like he was so far ahead, ahead of his time and like the bat path and, you know, how you kind of slight uppercut to hit the ball because of the angle that the ball is coming in off the pitcher's mound. So that was something that my dad really made sure that I understood when I was eight or nine years old, you know, to match the plane of the pitch coming in with the, you know, path of your bat. And that's something that, you know, it's talked about a lot more nowadays, but back then nobody talked about that. You know, when I was playing Little League, it was, you know, hit the ball on the ground and run as fast as you can because in Little League, you're not really going to make the play most of the time, you know, so you're going to get on base, you're going to win games, but in the long run, it might not help you become a better baseball player. Yeah, see, Chris and my dad learned how to hit from Barry Reeves, the owner of the lumber yard in our town, so that's why I became a pitcher. Um, <laughs> just didn't, didn't quite have the same impact. <laughs> but, hey, I got my mom's arm, so it, it turned out all right, you know. Uh, hey, you did fine. Look at you. You have your own show now. That's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> that I did get from my dad. He was always the center of attention in the life of the party. So I'm um, just trying to follow in his footsteps um, there. Um, your time yeah. in Chicago, um, you know, you guys uh, have done tremendous things. And um, you and Anthony, you know, Brizzo Incorporated, you guys have become kind of this, um, you know, brothers tandem that's done incredible things both at the plate you know, off the field, the way you guys handle yourselves and carry yourselves, um, you know, your relationship with him, what's that meant to you to have a guy like Anthony around um, through every step of the way with you, um, you know, locker buddies, teammates, uh, brothers for life. It must be pretty cool. Yeah, it's he's kind of been – obviously there's a lot of players on the team that, you know, have been around, you know, my whole career so far. But, you know, he's kind of been that main constant for me just because we've been locker mates – from the day one, you know, we hang out off the field, we talk off the field. Um, and, you know, when I got drafted, I I heard the name before, but I never really knew who Anthony Rizzo was. And, you know, when I got to, you know, to the big leagues and started to, you know, know him more, know him better, and just see the type of person he is and the ball player and just, you know, he's just someone I want to be around. And, um, you know, who knows what the future holds for for us, I would love to play baseball with him for the rest of my life. Um, you know, but I always know that he'll be, you know, one of my greatest friends and someone that I will uh, always be around till the day that I'm no longer here. And uh, you know, that means a lot to me. And uh, just, 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 just what he, just everything that he does. Um, he's just a class act, and I just appreciate him so much. Uh, you're, you're definitely. Uh... The feeling is on the other side as well. I know how much he appreciates you. Um, before we let you go, um, you know, being a Chicago Cub, you've been a Chicago Cub your whole career, obviously getting drafted. Um, you know, money aside, contracts aside, all that stuff, what's it meant to you to, to put on that uniform and go to Wrigley Field and be a Chicago Cub? And, and you know, what would it mean to you to be able to play your whole entire career there? And, um, you know, I, I just – you're such an icon there and, uh, you know, you're all, you'll always be, no matter what happens, remembered 
as one of the greatest Cubs players ever. And and what does it mean to you? That that's um, you know I look back on you know when I first got drafted and and hearing that the Chicago Cubs chose me like. Um, at the time, I thought that was a dream come true, you know, and it was. But now that I've been able to, you know, get these experiences with, you know, the team and and success and seeing the fans and putting on the pinstripes and running out to third base at Wrigley Field and seeing the Ivy and seeing how the Ivy changes throughout the year and the wind and everything about the city and the fans and um, just I really can't put into words what what Chicago means to me. Um, obviously, the goal is to play in one area, one city, your whole life, and um, that's my goal too. Um, you know, and I I just think um, sitting here without baseball and in just you know not really doing anything and being able to look back on some amazing times, like I just have such a amazing appreciation for for the Cubs and in the city and everybody that has got me to where I am today. And, you know, I would absolutely love to, you know, be a Chicago Cub my whole life. I mean, I've never taken for granted putting on the pinstripes and I never will. It's such a special place to me. Well, they hit the jackpot when they drafted you um, and it hasn't stopped since. Uh, you've done everything on the field. It's It's been a lot of fun to to get to know you, um, to watch all the success that you've had and, uh, and the incredible things that you've done on the field. And and bring what everybody was hoping for one day and bring a championship to the north side of Chicago right there uh, with the Cubs. Um, incredible stuff, man. So great to catch up with you. Uh, thanks for taking the time away from uh, from your little baby boy and and, and Jess and, and being here to, to be with us on Off the Mound. I really appreciate it, dude. Yeah, thank you. I'll go change a diaper now. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Always say yes. If she says, honey, will you change the diaper? The answer is always yes, especially if you want to play golf. Yeah, absolutely. But if it's just a, you know, a pee diaper, I'm fine. But when you start, oh, my gosh. He's, he's probably got a nice one for me down there waiting. That's right. He's He, know, he knows that you've been busy. He, he's ready for you. So, well, hey, have it's a great right. night. Enjoy it. I hope that we see you out on the baseball field really soon. Thanks for stopping by. Um, you know, really, really appreciate it. Awesome, dude. Thank you, Dem. Well, there you have it. I mean, if Chris Bryant isn't the nicest, kindest human being in the world, just the mere fact that there they are celebrating going to the World Series and his first thought through his mind is, guys, we're wrecking these couches that the Ricketts paid all this money for. I mean, what a thoughtful, thoughtful guy he is. Um, had so much fun. What a great time talking with Chris today. I hope you enjoyed the conversation. If you want to hear more in-depth interviews, like the ones from today's episode, please download and subscribe to the Off the Mound with Ryan Dempster podcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And as always, you can watch the show every Friday night at 8 p.m. on Marquee Sports Network. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you soon.